This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Tissue Paper. Have you ever watched the movie Old Yeller in front of your friends and began to feel the fabric of your man or womanhood subtly crumble as you search for a way to blame your tears on freshly sliced onions? Or maybe you have no soul and you're actually cutting onions as the poor boy raised the rifle to Old Yeller's rabies-ridden face. Hey dancers, have you ever been in a dance battle and fell straight on your face? But it's cool because that's your style, but then the judges are old school and don't understand your teenage angst? Or what about that time you posted that video on social media of you almost hitting that dance move that everybody does, but the only person that liked it was your grandma? Well, I'm here to tell you that tissue paper is here for you. Tears in your eyes? My boy tissue paper has got your back. Snotty nose? Tissue to the rescue. Poopy booty? Tissue paper is in your corner, my dude. Hit up your nearest store and purchase some tissue paper for all your emergency needs. And now, on to the show. today's episode, I sit down with someone I've literally known since birth. He is a hardworking b-boy that has dedicated much of his life to helping local communities with his dance classes and helping worldwide communities with his far-reaching popular YouTube channel aimed at teaching breaking over the internet. This guy happens to be my twin brother and has been a natural entrepreneur since he was a young kid. Please enjoy the episode with my brother Vinsanity. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Broke Show on the internet. It's not even on the internet yet, but it's all good. Uh, today, if you are l- watching the videos, you will be seeing double because today I have my twin brother, Vin Santa TV, here. Wow. In the flesh. So, all the 12 year olds out there that probably shouldn't be watching this should probably go do your homework or something. You will be fanboying and fangirling out right now. How are you doing, Vince? I am doing great. I'm fanboying as we speak. <laughs> uh, so, dude, um, a lot of people uh, never recognize that me and you are brothers. Like, I think that's kind of funny. I mean, we don't look alike, but I think it's funny that they never recognize us. And do you know why that is or do you have any idea why that is i don't know it might just be because we don't look like because they associate us as twins but then we don't really look like we're like people think you're twins you got to be identical so yeah like oh you're a little bit different you're not twins yeah well i guess like we hang around well we hang around similar people i don't know yeah i guess we just have a lot of different interests outside of like hip-hop and breaking and stuff but um I always think it's funny because to me, it seems like if you see us breaking, you can probably put the pieces together and be like, those guys probably are related. Maybe it's because you got a beard and a mustache. Yeah, no, I know. But before I had that and long hair and stuff, I feel like you could probably. Because before you had a beard and mustache, you had like long hair. (laughs) You're like, you're like me, but with a disguise on. (laughs) If you had like glasses, nobody would know who you are. The nose. The nose one with the glasses and the mustache. Yeah, you're like a detective. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but so like, I, but in terms of like breaking styles, I feel like you could probably put the pieces together because what I always tell people is like me and you have kind of the same moves, but we mm-hmm. just do them differently. 
And I think that's probably because we learned from the same people and had the same yeah. kind of upbringing. I mean, like, I feel like Tet had a big, Tet is like one of our good friends and um, mentors. Yeah. Um, and he had a style that, I don't know, that we both like were inspired by. So I feel like we got a lot of stuff from that guy and kind of evolved them differently. But if you put but the pieces together, we have like similar. I think the thing that's interesting though is like our, like even though we learn from the same people, like we don't really break alike. Yeah. But yeah. like I've met a couple other people that like, break together and they break exactly the same yeah like, that's, that's how did true. that happen <laughs> yeah that's who told true. you you could do that yeah no those are the real uh those are the real uh um twins um except they're sometimes not twins they're just a whole crew yeah or it's just uh like who told your whole crew to break alike? <laughs> <laughs> and then also dress the same and then also uh look the same and also uh you know have the same moves yeah and you're in different countries. Oh, wait, that's just a biter. <laughs> um. Yeah, crews be biting, not just like other people's moves, but their own crew's moves. Yeah, no, that's that's rampant in the community. Um, today, we're over here drinking coffee. This coffee is pretty good. It's like a barrel-aged, uh, what is it, whiskey? Whiskey barrel-aged coffee. Yeah, it's like... You're drinking it in the morning. It tastes like you're drinking whiskey in the morning. So it tastes, it sounds, it feels like I'm being a bad boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, they like stick it. They like take a whiskey barrel and then they, they put actual whiskey in it to like season it, like to soak the wood basically. And yeah. then they just stick the, the bean, raw beans in there for, I think like, I think like a month or so. And then they roast it. So it has like whiskey essence in it, yeah. but not. It's not like it's soaking in actual whiskey. Yeah. It's just the essence. And they give you these sh shitty straws. Oh, yeah. They're like paper. Like, this crap is terrible. Like, it's just falling. Like, it last. It seriously lasted for, like, 10 seconds. Let me Those, that straw is meant for, like, downing a drink. Yeah, no, it's less crazy. less than 10 minutes. Yeah, luckily I got this metal one. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Shout out to s sustainability. Sustainability. So... You know, I threw away my pa my paper uh, straw, but there's like this plastic cup, so I don't know. Sustainability. Shout out to you. <laughs> uh, anyways, okay, so let's get into like what I actually want to talk to you about, which is like because you've been teaching breaking um, for a long time. How long do you think it, that's been? Uh, I started in 2005, so it's been like 15 years now. Dang. And I, I mean, actually, I mean... I think, like, that's when I officially started doing it, like, professionally, like, paying my rent and bills okay. with it. But before that, like, I used to sub classes for people. Like, I Dietrich was actually the first person that um, was, like, asking me to sub his classes. And I'd go to the studio and sub his classes. But, um, and that kind of, like, like, got me, like, thinking in the right direction. But uh, when I in 2005, that's when I actually started like doing it full time and mm. quitting my other jobs that I was doing and just 100 percent focusing on teaching. And and what uh, what made you what I guess drew you into teaching? Um, well, originally it was because like at the time that was when we were like competing like every weekend yeah, and yeah. like doing um, like traveling for competitions and. 
like whether it was traveling the Bay Area or traveling to other states or other countries. Um, and I was just like, man, how could I find a job or create a job that um, could support me and also be flexible enough for me to like go do something on the weekend? Because yeah. the other job, I, I was working at like a, a what's it called? The old people home. Yeah, and yeah. At the old people home, like there was no flexibility. Like you pretty much like the, it was a family run business. So like the family members got all the like good, good days and the good days oh. off. And then like everybody else got the crappy shifts and <laughs> like it's all the junk. Dang. Like I was supposed to be a dishwasher, but I ended up being like a dishwasher, a line, like a prep cook, yeah. a like server, the trash man. Like <laughs> they gave me all the, the crappy jobs. And so when I got offered a job to like teach dance in like schools, I was like, I'm out of here. Did you ever have to like wipe an old person's ass? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I had to like, I remember like I had to, um, like I had to serve. Our main thing I did was serve food and like clean their dishes and stuff. But I, when they started making me um, uh, take out the trash, I remember like some of these old people would have like, like literally a trash bag full of alcohol <laughs> I'm like, and i pick the trash up every week i'm like y'all drink that much alcohol in one week dude what the heck i mean i maybe they're in there because they have alcohol problems, you, you know what i've thought about though is like those old people homes are like just old people dorm for like a college <laughs> dorm room because it's like you got your cafeteria there you get all your food you just don't have any classes now yeah, like it's oh, a no, but they do without class. Well, yeah, they're classes, but they can ditch them, and they're just like, oh, you know, Edna just ditched her, you know, her <laughs> like water weightlifting class or whatever, <laughs> her her um, pool they, aerobics. They class. have like um, wheelchair yoga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's for real. They'll do that, but yeah, but it's not a big deal if they're ditching the class because yeah. it's like, oh, whatever, you paid us for this. I remember there's this one dude who is like, he was super grumpy like all the time, and like. He'd always be, no matter what you give him, he'd be, like, upset about it. And one day, this fool got a electric, uh, one of those scooter things. Oh, yeah. And so then he comes down this, like, the, the cafeteria, there's, like, a ramp that goes into it. So he comes down the ramp, like, full speed on it. And, then, <laughs> and we, were, we were, like, setting up soup for them to eat on all the tables. And this fool tries to hit the brake, but it's too late. So he slams oh. into the table, and all the tables go, dunk, 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 dunk. <laughs> and like all the soup is <laughs> all over the floor. Dang. And then he just like uh, he just turns around and leaves. Oh. <laughs> he like, just bounced. This fool was like he was like way too much confidence because he got this scooter. Oh shit! And like tore up the whole cafeteria and, <laughs> and then bounced. Did he, he didn't say anything? Not no, he was just I think he was like embarrassed, but this fool just like <laughs> <laughs> he just booked it in there, hit it, and his face turned red and was like, Alright, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like people didn't know who he was. And also that his cart wasn't driving like five miles an hour and someone yeah. couldn't just like walk and catch him. Because <laughs> before he had a wheelchair and then like someone had to like scoot him up the ramp. Yeah. And so then and like I remember, like, he's the <laughs> only one who would, like, some people, you help them up the ramp, and they'll give you, like, 20 bucks. This fool, like, not that anyone was expecting money, but he would just be, like, ungrateful that you just helped him. And he's uh, a big guy. So then he got the scooter, and he got all this extra confidence. And I'm like, oh, man. man. 
Well then, hey. But yeah, people like that. That's why I, I <laughs> left left uh, helping old people to helping young kids. Yeah, no shade to old people, but that's hella funny. <laughs> so, um, anyways, so like, uh, so once you started teaching, uh, eventually you got into putting putting your lessons online as like YouTube videos and yeah. stuff. Like, what was the inspiration for that or where did you get the foresight that that's where the industry was kind of heading well i think like for the longest time i i had the idea because the the originally just there's so much bad content out there yeah and like i was like man like it's and it was literally like kids that had no teaching experience like when you watch a when you watch somebody teach you could tell if they know what they're doing or they're just like like just saying random stuff like hey let's do a Let's do an air chair. Let's just stick our arm here, and we're doing an air chair, right? <laughs> there you go. Step there one, you guys go. Arm out. Step two here. Step three, fly. Yeah, in. it was like it was like some bogus, like like tons of bogus material. So I kind of was like, I was motivated already to yeah. like do something, but I didn't have the like I wasn't in the right place to do it. I didn't have equipment. I didn't know how to film. I didn't know how to do anything. Yeah. So. Um, it was it actually got to a point where i was i was like started getting into uh video and photography just to like film dancing just to like film our own like our own crew stuff yeah. and just so we had that so i had the equipment and then um at the same time like one of the biggest struggles for dance teachers or just uh teaching artists in general is uh, sustainability and being able to have like consistent work is always an issue so it was actually like during like a time when uh, budget cuts were getting like chopped up. It was during the it was during the, actually the the housing market crash. Mm. That it housing was like market two thousand eight, yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand yeah, around there. The housing market crash. People were losing their jobs, and then that eventually got to like public education. So most of my classes at that point were in schools. Actually, a hundred percent of my classes were in schools at that point. Yeah. So. Um, I w- all my classes were getting cut, teachers were getting laid off, schools were getting shut down. So it was pretty bad. Like there was like, if you could imagine like at that point, every class had about 35 kids in it, mm. elementary school. And um, say like this school right here, it gets shut down. All those kids got pushed into the neighboring school. So now each school now has literally like 50 kids. Kids are sitting on the floor. They don't have Dang. a seat. Seriously? So the hell? it was like, it was pretty terrible. And so like the last thing on their mind was like, oh, let's have a dance class. So yeah, all, literally all my classes got cut. So I was like, man, how could I like continue to teach and, and like share material with these kids? So I started actually making um, tutorials, like just a beginner course. Like I did like, basic top rocks footwork freeze mm-hmm. um and i made it for i would just send it to the, the teachers like here just share with the kids yeah. so they have something to learn and like i want to say like within it was like within a week i started getting like random emails from kids from india yeah um, yeah, yeah and like from like indonesia and i was just like where are these like i didn't even know kids break in indonesia so yeah yeah uh i continued to do it for about a for the next couple months and like literally my channel went from like uh, i think a couple hundred subscribers to like like i think like it was like thirty thousand within a couple months and Seriously? so dang it okay. grew it grew pretty fast and i think it was just because like at that time like i said like there was 
lot of bad material out there and people that had no idea like how to teach. Yeah. Like they had no approach. And at that time I was like most of my classes at that time too were teaching special needs kids. Yeah. So my approach was very like like uh I guess like it's from a very basic standpoint. Like I have no idea what I'm doing to like, oh I could do a freeze now. I yeah. can stand on my head now. So it's just like trying to like going from like kind of like trying to introduce it. And, and one of the goals too was trying to throw in uh, like the legends, like B-boy legends in there. Mm-hmm. So, cause a lot of the people online, they look, the only people they see is like Red Bull BC one, or they mm-hmm. see like, you know, somebody's teaching this video or f- somebody did, I mean, someone has their trailer online and it's super popular, but they're like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I was like, man, I gotta like, I gotta change that. So, I you got to get the real, like, people out there. Yeah, so I started, like, reaching out to, like, OGs that, that I look up to. And I'm like, here, this is who, this is who I look up to. Yeah. Um, you guys should do your research on this person and, like, have them share, you know, some of their knowledge with them. So yep. yeah. it's kind of like, I, I figured, like, if this is the internet age, like, where people are going to get their material, it might as well be good material. Yeah, that's a little bit of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast, actually, is because I want to get, I want to give... Uh, a voice to the people that I've always respected that don't always get the, you know, the clout that they deserve and, you know, maybe are pretty silent in the, in the scene, but they, they deserve to be heard because they're very knowledgeable and, and highly respected by people of our generation. Yeah. And I think that's the tough thing too, because um, people in the, the scene tend to get like lost and forgotten unless the present people are like preserving them. Yeah. Like, yeah. For sure. A lot of them, like they don't, they don't care about like fame. They're mm-hmm. just kind of like, they're just, you know, they do what they do and they, they are, if someone respects them, they respect them, but they don't really care. But like it gets to a point where people just don't know who they are anymore. And so I was like, man, I need to be, I need to like make sure these kids that are learning, like know where this stuff comes from. Like you're, you're doing this move. Like, like, show respect to like yeah. who who created or, or who uh, influenced the style or like who's the reason why there is even breaking in this, this city. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably especially helpful for people who don't even live in this country or a country where uh, breaking was popular. Yeah. Like, you know, like India, for example, or Indonesia, it's like they first saw breaking probably on the internet, which, yeah, at that point, breaking had already been around for a solid 30 years, probably. Right. And um, so they don't know anything that came before the Internet uh, unless somebody put it online and literally yeah. told them this is like what we all looked at. Um, and I get- so I guess hearing the hearing the backstory, you know, from other people. I think that that's helpful to those guys. Yeah. And I think at that point there was literally like. Some kid in like I think he was like in high school or middle school and like saying, "Oh, I invented this move," and I was like, "You did not invent that move. <laughs> like, who are you? Who do you think you are?" Like, yeah, yeah. So then to like, I and I'm I'm not someone who like I like I I started breaking in 2000, uh, year 2000. So I'm not someone to even speak on like what happened in the 90s or what happened in the 80s or even the 70s. So I feel like putting on people that actually were there to share their story 
yeah. to me that that's much stronger more powerful than me just like regurgitating something that i heard yep, so yep. that was the main reason that was another big reason why i wanted to just put good information out there good put quality sources out there mm-hmm. so going back to um what we were talking about with uh how your channel kind of blew up in other countries did you s- foresee that happening um and- not really because i mean my my whole intention was just to like have like support for my current students mm-hmm. and then when it started getting bigger like i was kind of like i was expecting like the countries that you see breaking in which was like uh japan korea uh france yeah. germany u.s yeah. um but there were so many like what was what i didn't expect was all these random places that i've never heard of that actually have a breaking scene yeah yeah so like one that was actually pretty cool was uh trinidad i didn't even know what trinidad was yeah. i just knew trinidad like, james yeah trinidad I, and actually at that point i didn't trinidad james wasn't even out so like oh. <laughs> so once trinidad james came out i was like oh trinidad that's <laughs> i get it now yeah did Which, you well so yeah, with Trinidad, you ended up going out there to teach like workshops for a while, yeah. right? Yeah. So there, it was like like uh, when I heard about Trinidad, um, the one of the guys that reached out to me, he actually eventually flew me out to Trinidad, and we did work. Uh, I did workshops out there, and we like you know just kind of connect with the scene, and uh, they uh, I helped them at a, a competition, a judge yeah. competition out there. So it was kind of cool to just see like like this emerging scene like their their scene honestly like when i was out there a couple years ago it it felt like sacramento or stockton back in like early 2000s oh okay because it's so like secluded like yeah yeah it didn't like you didn't see them break like like uh i don't know what's popular right now they just kind of like did their own thing a lot of them were still like they're still like focusing on like crazy tricks oh okay right? which was cool because you know, back in early 2000, people were just doing That's crazy tricks. Doing, yeah. yeah, like a lot of them are like on blow-ups, which was cool because like not everybody does blow-ups anymore. So. Yeah, and Trinidad is like an island off the coast of like northern Brazil, right? Yeah, it's like, like, it's like, um, if, yeah, it's like it's right across, America. like if you're in Venezuela, it's like right across the ocean from there. Okay, yeah. Like right above Venezuela. Okay. So they have a lot of people from Venezuela that, that live there also. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so when you were there, <laughs> all, all I'm picturing is like people with like gold on their wrist, gold <laughs> on my chain. You know, I, I don't know. I, when I went there, I didn't know what to expect, too. But I didn't because I, I was like, I've never I, I was like, do they speak English there? I don't know. But then when I went there, it was kind of a, a culture shock because, yeah, um, it, it's like literally a blend of a bunch of cultures like. In Trinidad, like, um, like basically has a, a mixture of um, uh, people of African descent, people of Indian mm. descent, Chinese descent, uh, and then also, like, native Trinidad. Oh, okay. Uh, people Trinidad, I don't know if it's Trinidadian, but it was kind of like a, it's like a blend of all these cultures. Mm. Like, chi- I think Chinese and Indian people came there to harvest uh, sugarcane, like, when the sugarcane, like... Dang like uh, movement first came out they moved there and then also i think african-american actually yeah african-american slaves were actually like moved there after the slave trade ended so, so they moved from america like from u.s down there yeah oh what so, the heck so the cooking there like it's kind of like a mixture 
of like southern cooking indian cooking that's crazy and there's even like a like a slight chinese influence mm. so their food there is crazy it's like it's such a blend like a of all these blend. it's like soul food meets yeah. indian meets chinese i guess that's a perfect place for <laughs> hip-hop to breed because that's yeah. what, really what hip-hop is is a blend of everything yeah um, so that's pretty interesting so in trinidad was the the hip-hop um was what what was the hip hop scene looking like? What did have they did they have like their own rappers and DJs and stuff, or was that still like an underground kind of culture? Or did they know about American music? And um, I don't, I didn't really see too much of it, but yeah, I think they're very like they're definitely influenced by like American uh music and it actually uh like Nicki Minaj is from Trinidad. Oh, okay, yeah, she, I think. One of the like I, oh, I didn't even they're telling me like they she used to like slang CDs out there like back in the day. <laughs> Dang. And then now she's like super famous. So she's <laughs> now someone's slanging her CDs. Yeah, out someone there. else is slanging her CDs. <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. But yeah, I didn't really see like I didn't really see like MC. Like I mainly just saw the B boy scene. Yeah. And the D like uh there was like uh, some DJs at the jam I went to, but that was about it. Oh, so they had jams? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they were putting on events and everything. So it was like a a slowly growing scene. Yeah. Um, in the, yeah, I guess the infancy of like, it's, what it is. It's still like, it's interesting because like, although it's a small island, like to get to from one island, side of the island to the other, it takes, it's not like an easy drive. It's like, you know, a couple hours. So is there like mountains in between? Yeah, there's like mountains. Oh. It's, it's really like beautiful country, but uh like which would because of that like you see different communities like oh i um i'm in the south mm -hmm. trinidad i'm north trinidad so mm -hmm. was there any other countries you you went out to do workshops for i think you said you uh did i went some. to i went to cambodia which oh, was yeah. really cool i i did i mean I, I i was in vietnam not to specifically teach workshops but i did teach a little bit out there um but cambodia was actually pretty dope because their scene um it's kind of like like the guy who like i don't know if, if breaking existed before this but there's this guy um f who's actually from long beach who mm -hmm. got um he got uh uh deported out to to cambodia oh. which is kind of it's kind of crazy because he's like he's like one of the people who's he's born in cambodia but immigrated here and then he got deported like he got into just some trouble he got deported but when he moved back it's like he doesn't know anybody there he doesn't Dang, that's he doesn't crazy. speak the language fluently like so yeah. that, that's what happens to a lot of people who get like deported um like they and, came here when they were really young and so yeah, they, and all whole, they know is this and their whole family lives here yeah and so they get deported and it's kind of like you're like homeless yeah, pretty much yeah that sucks a lot so but what's crazy is that guy break so he started like teaching breaking to just uh like home like home a lot of homeless kids or kids that were just on the street and uh he kind of like like birthed a little scene in his city yeah. is he the dude that created tiny tunes crew yeah yeah okay. tiny tunes yeah shout out to tiny tunes yeah, tiny tunes crew they're doing good things in Cambodia. They also, they have a full hip hop program. They have like an okay. MC program. They make beats. They have a, I think they have DJ classes. Um, and they also teach kids like math and English. So it's like, it's like legit, like That's tight. helping the community. Dang. Cause a lot of the kids out there, like from what, from what they told me, they don't get the opportunity to go to school. 
Like, oh, there's no, like... They don't have, like, a public school system out there or I think, something? I think there's, like, there's public school, but I think it's, like, it still costs money. Like, it's still, like, oh. expensive to the point where a lot of kids just can't afford it. So, the yeah. that program takes kids that literally don't get any education and educates them and also gives them hip-hop programs. That's so tight. It's yeah, pretty that's It's pretty dope. Like, they do a lot of good stuff, like, in their in their community. How do they fund it? I'm not sure exactly. I, huh. I mean, I know they get donors, but I'm not sure. They might get some type of, they might get grants. I'm not really yeah. sure. But they, they like, they literally have like a little taxi. They go out in the community and they sh- they get the kids. They bring them to Tiny Tunes, teach them. Oh, dang. And then they, then they bring them back home. So it's like full spectrum. They got like, the hip hop tuk-tuk. Yeah, they got the hip hop tuk-tuk. <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. Um. Yeah, that's that's really dope. I'll have to reach out to them. To um, what, what's his name? KK. KK. Okay, yeah, to... he's le- he's legit. Like him and it, uh, there's a bunch of other people that work there. They they do a lot of good things out there. Mm. And they like some like even um, like some of those kids got like opportunities to like uh, like perform for like big performances mm-hmm. and like uh, be in music videos and uh, some like I think like some of the guys that got into djing were now dj like at events and stuff so it's actually it's pretty cool that they're like harvesting talent yeah yeah and education (laughs) yeah for sure no i mean that's definitely a thing that we all need and kids need and um it's good that you are like helping that along and not only here in la but also out all over the world really um and so through all that I imagine you come across some really cool stories. And so what I wanted to ask you is like, what's the most inspiring thing you've seen in one of your classes, whether it's in person or, you know, at a workshop somewhere or online or whatever. Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I guess if it's online, there's been like a couple people recently that, that, uh, reached out to me that were just like saying, thank you. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's actually two people. One one's actually here for, in LA, and the other person is in India. And they're like, "Hey, I just want to say thank you. I started learning from your channel in like, I think they said like 2012 or something. Mm. And they're like, now uh, I'm a professional performer. I own my own dance studio. Oh and dang! I was like, oh dang! Like it, it wasn't even like I like directly did anything, but like I somehow indirectly helped them. So I was like, that's yeah, kind of crazy. That's tight. So they. They kind of like you put them on the f- their first step, and they took the next steps yeah. towards like doing it, and now they're succeeding and you know thriving in the hip hop community. Yeah, and, um, and then kinda... even like there's some jams that we went to that like the the person that was literally like in the finals was like, hey, uh, I got into breaking because of you, and they're from <laughs> like some other country, and I'm like, that's freaking crazy, like. Dang. And now they're winning jams. I was like, all right, that's dope. Have they ever, has anyone ever come up to you and been like, I want to battle you now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Some crazy dude in Alhambra, like, uh, I was just walking down the street and he's like, hey, people of insanity. I was like, yo, what's up, man? He's like, I want to battle you. I was like, man, I am like, I just ate. I ain't trying to battle you on the freaking concrete. Concrete. Next to like, cars driving yeah, by the, the, i'm not risking my life to battle you the there's like doo-doo on the streets and yeah stuff. <laughs> like trying to be sanitary here. yeah come on man we, we can't be getting uh you know infections and stuff yeah 
But I think like for as far as like inspiring things for me personally, like I think those are those are really cool. Um, but for what I do, like in the community, uh, I definitely see like I work with mainly uh, low income kids uh, or in low income neighborhoods. So you definitely see a lot of kids that have had some issues, had some trauma. Um, and uh, so it, it's always cool to see ha- that breaking is somehow like being a positive influence in their life. Yeah. Um, this past year, I worked at a, a continuation school um, where pretty much all the kids are in uh, the same uh, group home. So meaning they all have no like parental like support figures, at all yeah. or figures. And they all kind of have like trust issues. So like you walk in there and they're just like, yo, who's this guy? Like they try to size you up and all this stuff. Uh. So um, to kind of see like kids like that like let their guard down and just like enjoy themselves for a moment. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, that's inspiring for me. Like seeing kids that like, these kids are like literally a lot of them, you'll see them get arrested on the daily for doing Dang. something. And like, I seen kids like they're in my class, they get out of the class and then man, like something happened and I see them in handcuffs. But to see them go from that, like getting in that type of trouble with the cops to like, I'm just breaking. I'm doing footwork. I'm I'm having fun. I'm battling you. My fr- the guy that I was about to fight. Now we're battling. Yeah. Like yeah. to see that change. Like even though that's just a, it's a small step. Like at the same time, it's 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 pretty big. Like mentally, like to be able to let your guard down and just have fun. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 huge. And to see that kind of like transformation, like happen over and over and over, that's what mm-hmm. inspires me. Cause it's like you you'll you hear about that cliche like oh break and save my life right but yeah. then when you see it happen like live in person it's a different story yeah yeah it's like you see it and you believe it now <laughs> yeah yeah um uh what was i gonna say uh the do you see s- some of that translate like outside of their life like because they're opening up to the dancing and stuff and now they're opening up more to like other people like you know, I imagine that there's probably a lot of animosity between the the, pe- the kids in the group home and, like, maybe the people that, like, run the group home. Do you see them opening up more to them and stuff and, like, l- maybe even letting in maybe some estranged family members or whatever to um, their life? That's hard to say because I, really, I don't really see that side. I just see the side I see is just simply in class. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, like, a lot of, like a lot of kids that have been through, like, some type of trauma – they they have like trust issues and so like when you become when they suddenly have a figure in their life that's like a positive influence and like like oh i could trust this person i think it it, it changes something when you be, when you're able to trust somebody like it it something changes in your mind and like yeah. so your your whole mentality is a little bit different um but in schools i see in the schools i teach at i definitely see changes like you'll see kids that are like always being sent to the office now like participating like mm. instead of being a menace to class now they're like helping people in class mm. so um a lot, i think a lot of things like a lot of like issues that people have with kids a lot of times it's like they don't understand the kids like oh, I, yeah. i've had i had teachers that were like i would think i would consider them like bad teachers like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had yeah. teachers that were just like they just like a kid that's acting up. They just send them to the office and like call it a day or like 
kick them out of class, kick them out of school. And like, they don't understand that maybe this kid's like going through something. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see the full story. Yeah. So shout out to all the good teachers that yeah. understand their kids and like yeah. are actually like doing a job to like, you know, keep them in school versus kicking yeah. them out. I honestly think teachers are the most important like job out there because like, I mean, doctors are important and stuff, obviously, to keep people healthy. But like teachers are what keep it, I feel like they're the ones that keep everyone together and yeah. like, uh keeping the healthy people making other people healthy you know what i mean like it's yeah. inspiring a healthy culture to be to to, to thrive you know yeah. and it's I like you only you, you call you call the doctor when you're sick which is which is good but like what do you do when you're healthy but you also want to keep the rest of your community healthy i think yeah. you go to a teacher and, and also like i think just like uh, a good teacher can kind of like set a kid on the right path mm-hmm. too because like there's a lot of teachers and i've everybody probably has had a bad teacher at some point in their life that made them like hate something yeah right and i think that's like i think that's like not the teacher's job their job is to like get you to enjoy something so like if if all these teachers in your life are making you hate school then you're gonna hate school you're not gonna want to learn yeah. anything no, for sure. So you get like I've I've dealt with I've met kids that are like in like sixth grade or even middle school that still can't read. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. yo, somebody failed these kids. Like yeah. whether it was their parents, the teacher, somebody failed these kids. Yeah, and so that I think that's like why we need good teachers. Kids, that, yeah. teachers that'll be like, hey, this kid needs help. Like, yeah. let's not just push him to the side. Let's not just push him into some other special class. Yeah. Let's help him out. Yeah, I think that what they do is, like, with the regular curriculum, they go, okay, this is what resonates with most kids, let's say 80% yeah. of them. So we're going to teach them this way. And then the ones that don't really <clears throat> resonate with this, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Let's just throw them in some weird program that doesn't help them. And, like, yeah, hopefully they'll figure it out somewhere. But most likely they're not. <laughs> yeah. But, and meanwhile – that's taken over the course of a couple years in there and during that time they're like i hate school i you know they're going yeah. from school was okay to like i want to get the hell out of here and yeah. probably drop out or whatever you know and so it's like a good a, you know a teacher can help and also hurt so it's yeah. good to have it's it's important to have the good teachers there that will go out of their way to really like you know get the get those students the help they need I think that's also why, like, like uh, these the breaking programs and just art programs help kids in schools because, like, imagine if there's absolutely nothing in school that you enjoy doing. You just dread, like, <clears throat> school altogether. And um, all of a sudden now there's this dance class that you just yeah. you love. Like, you look forward to it. You're going to you're gonna um, succeed in your other – you're going to at least put effort into your other stuff so that you could take that class. Yeah. So I think just having that there – it kind of changes kids whole like attitude towards school because yeah. now it's like, Oh, this is actually, there's something fun. Like I'm making, I'm making friends versus before, like, you know, I was pushing everybody away. Like, yeah. A lot of people think of bullying, bullying as like, uh, like just bad kids. But a lot of times kids are bullies are like kids that are like, 
they're missing something in their life. I feel like they're getting bullied somewhere in their life right. by, you know, whether it's like their parents or some something is happening in their life. And they're like, well, I got to also, I got to prove myself that I'm better than that. And yeah. then they bully other people. Yeah. Which they got to understand that it's, that's not the way to go. But <laughs> if no one's teaching them there, if the, all they're getting is bullied all over the place. Yeah. They're never going to learn. Yeah. There, there was a school that like, I taught at that had crazy bullying. Like <clears throat> you, like you literally see fights break out and the teacher's like, Hey, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> and then they go back to playing. <laughs> Dang. But like the kid in those kids were all in my classes. So like there were times where, uh, when we were learning battling that the teacher's like, Hey, don't let that kid compete against this kid. Cause they'll get in a fight. And I'm like, mm, we'll see. Yeah. And like, but we, what you saw is like these bully kids would like, take initiative and they'd be like the leaders yeah so yeah, it kind of yeah. like like it was almost like they didn't no one ever gave them a chance and then now they're like instead of like bullying kids around they're like actually leading their the fellow cat classmates so mm. yeah so maybe there's some kind of like leadership skill that they never tapped into that maybe yeah. like creative uh, endeavors are like helping them tap into yeah and i think it's also just like some kids never get a chance to like express that part of their mind yeah no i i do think a lot of uh uh education nowadays they they stray away from the creatives mm -hmm. and they go more towards the academics i mean obviously i think academics is important but yeah. i think creativity is just as important because it's just such a like a fundamental human thing to have yeah and uh, i think there's been a lot of study around creative the i guess the creative <laughs> mindset and how important it is to development of kids in particular. Yeah. Um, I, I think there was like a, uh, there's a study. I, I, I don't know where to find this study yet. Uh, one of my friends told me. Um, but there's a study that was showing um, how like learning music actually mm -hmm. aids in learning how to count, learning how to read um, because it has that rhythmic fashion. Oh, yeah. So that makes um, sense. And then when you add that with the social aspect of art and music and dance, it like it it takes all this all, all that like uh, learning to a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's a, that's I don't know I don't know if you've noticed this, but with like some kids that are like uh, homeschooled, mm -hmm. sometimes they end up hella weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's probably because they just there's a piece of being a kid that's taken away from them a little bit, yeah. which is like the social aspect and like the playful aspect. Cause I mean, not that they don't play and don't socialize, yeah. but it's like when you're at school, you're with all these different kids and you socialize with them all the time. And you're like there, you know, to play around a little bit. And so yeah. it's like, but as and a homeschool kid, I don't think you really get that. Yeah, No much. offense to homeschool kids, but yeah. like when like you are not, not, I mean, we we're both like awkward kids <laughs> when we were younger, but like when you can't like hold like actually start a conversation with somebody introduce yourself yeah. when you can't like uh like go to somewhere and order a pizza or order a mm. burger or order a cookie whatever you are like there there's definitely like something missing and i think that social aspect it helps kids like so much so i think that's another reason why um the uh, breaking programs help kids a lot too because now they're f they're forced to like interact with each other yeah yeah and they actually are learning like social skills and so uh, i think for me too like when i got into breaking it uh, breaking kind of taught me social skills mm -hmm. it's like 
when you talk to somebody, you you look at them or you're yeah. like interacting with them. When you're battling somebody, you have to interact with them. You do you the, can't, the same thing. Yeah. yeah, you can't just like battle like and do nothing. That's yeah, gonna be a it's gonna be a boring battle. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that's probably why maybe all these like homeschool b boys can't battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> they dang. can't socialize. Oh yeah, the the guys that are like on Instagram or whatever, and they throw some crazy combo, and then they go to the battle, and then they just immediately fall on their face, and you're like, oh, what happened to that guy? <laughs> Not even that, but like. I don't know. There's like the, you see battles and like there's no interaction. Just someone does some crazy move and you're like, oh, that's cool. The next person goes, oh, that's a crazy move, but yeah. that's cool. But there's no like there's no connection. Like I think when mm. you lose that connection in a battle, it's like it's nothing. Right? It's boring. It's like is you talk you were talking to a wall and then the next person came out and they started talking to a wall. Mm. It's like there's no there's no discussion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That interaction is important. So don't Why, be a homeschool b boy. Yeah, don't be a homeschool. <laughs> be a public b-boy. school interactive b boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, why do you think that is in breaking? I mean, because it's. I don't know that. I don't think that they're necessarily homeschooled, but I do. <laughs> I have a feeling it has something to do with social media. Yeah. Well, I think it's just this generation. Yeah. This is the like anti-social social media generation. Yeah, because like, the way I look at it is like when me and you started breaking. The only place you can see breaking is at an event. Yeah. And like maybe if you had a VHS tape or whatever that your friend gave you or whatever. But um, after watching it a couple times, you're like, I don't want to watch this crap anymore. I want to go see something live or I want to see something else. And the only place to do that is at a practice or at a jam. Yeah. And so you had to go there, socialize with these people, battle them. I mean, most likely you're going to battle somebody there. Yeah. And Especially then, like you walk into a practice spot and nobody knows you. They're like, yo, who's this guy? Yeah. It's all battles. Like when we walked into Washington Center when we were like 15, like everybody battled. Yeah. They're just, like, they look at you and like, hey, I don't know these guys. And then it's like, let's see what they got. And yeah. then they just battle. And it's not necessarily like some kind of turf war, but it's just like, it's like trust. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, like I don't trust this fool. Can he uh, get down? All right, he can. Yeah, and then they they see that you got skills and that you're not trying to f them up or whatever. And yeah. then it's like, okay, this they let you into their home now. Um, but yeah, yeah, they don't. I feel like social media <clears throat> makes it so you don't have to do that anymore because you just go scroll through Instagram or whatever, and you see, um, you know, whoever like throwing some crazy combo, yeah. and then you take a video of yourself doing the same thing, and everyone likes it or whatever and you're like oh cool i got friends now but it's like no not really you just have a video that people like looked and were like okay yeah and and i think people have like their insta friends that they like they leave comments on and yeah all this stuff but then when they go into real life they're like oh oh hey oh hey yeah yeah it's like they're they're like they they're like on social media they're super social but in real life they're anti-social I think that, and I think that's like, I, I feel like that's not just dancers. That's just like this whole generation. They're like yeah. anti-social social media people. Yeah. That's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. No, like, I I think that's one of the reasons why I stopped using social media a lot because it, I just saw that it's not healthy for you to like. It's, I think it's kind of hilarious too. Cause they'll, I, they'll be like, you'll see them in real, per, real life. And they're just like 
not talking to anybody. Yeah. And they bust out their phone like, hey, guys, what's hey. going on? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny to see, like, people with their cameras, like, up in front of their face, like, walking around, like, talking and stuff. Yeah. Like, that is, like, the weirdest shit ever. One, one time we went kayaking in um in uh, Folsom, that kayak, the Sac yeah. State one. And, like, when we got there, there was these two girls, like, uh, taking pictures on yeah. a paddleboard. And, like, we went off on our kayaks for, like, two hours. Yeah. And we came back, and they're still taking pictures on the kayak. I'm like, Dang. you guys are really, like, trying to show that you're enjoying yourselves on these ca- on these paddleboards. Yeah. But not actually enjoying yourself in real life. Yeah, no, I think, I think when you're thinking so much about <clears throat> what people, ha- you know, how many, like, internet cool points you're going to get yeah. for, like, what you just did, you forget to have fun doing the thing that you're doing because yeah. you're like your fun is now associated with how many people like what you just yeah. did and so for me i was like first of all i don't really care what those people think about yeah. me in the first place so like why am i even telling them online because i don't care like the people who i actually care about already know that i'm over here so yeah whatever and i don't care if they like that i'm over here or not anyway so it's just like uh just go have fun you know that's why i'm always like the last person to take out a camera to yeah. like take a picture Ke- my, my <laughs> wife keiko always like um whenever we go on trips we bring our camera to take pictures and um both of us always forget to like pull it out to actually take pictures because we just are like having so much fun doing the stuff that we're like oh yeah i forgot yeah. to take the camera out um it's, i mean it's like i think like if, if you're a social media influencer or slash, I don't know, dancer, social media influencer. You just have to have a balance. Like Yeah, for sure. Like, if you're at practice, like, filming everything, are yeah. you really going to have a productive practice? Like, yeah. Like, live streaming it? Like, talking to your followers? Like, Man. It's, like, impossible. You know, the filming thing is so weird uh, now with breaking when, like, because you go to a practice now and everybody's like got their camera filming themselves oh, yeah, yeah. and i not that that's necessarily like a bad thing i think it's good to like look at what you're doing and give yourself feedback but it's it's weird for me to see that because when we started and you brought a camera to practice people would like give you the stink eye like yeah. oh this dude's trying to bite off of stuff some people would even fight you for it like because it's just like it asks for drama at yeah, least from, no, i remember we got like we were su- we got we like had like beef with some dude because he like was like off in the corner filming and everyone was just like yo who is this guy like, yeah yeah like who take his camera away or something yeah no it's I I saw a lot of stuff happen like that back when I mean it was yeah it was really before like YouTube really was there but um it was like if you brought a camera to practice people like already didn't trust you yeah and so. It's just weird to see that nowadays, and I haven't really adjusted to that. That's actually why, like, some, I remember, like, there's, like, all these people uh, that are, like, oh, why don't you, like, uh, film your practices or show, like, post your practices? I'm, like, because I don't want people to see my stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I I know it's, like, an old school mentality, but it's, like, yeah, like, I want, like, I want someone to, like, be, like, see my stuff in person, like, when they see it. Like, I don't want someone to, like, see it, like like not completed online it's like if i was like an artist like showing all my like like crappy sketches before i like sell my 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 final art piece yeah yeah which i guess would be i guess it's cool in a sense but like if you do like uh maybe you made a progression video sure but if you're sharing like everything like i don't want people to see that like yeah 
I mean, there, there's, I guess there's some uh, novelty to seeing the process, but I don't think you got to show the process every single time. Yeah. And um, like know. maybe I would show like, the only thing I would say is like, if you're learning like a power move or, or like something along those lines, then sure. It's just a move, but I'm not trying to show people like my creative process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to show them unfinished, like, creative. Yeah, the things. unfinished stuff is, like, that's what I have a problem with. Is like, because, first of all, like, you might be working on something, and then someone sees it, and then they're like, oh, cool, I'm going to take that. Because yeah. the biters are out there. <laughs> yeah, and if, you, and if you do it, then you literally can't get mad if someone bites it, because it's like, you're, like, you're just, like, you're fishing for bites. Yeah, <laughs> and, and when it's unfinished at that point, it's kind of like, you can see where the move is going, but you don't have it yet. So then someone who's maybe more talented sees yeah. it and they're like, oh, I can do that today. And then they just, now that's their move probably. And it's probably your fault that it's their move. And then you did it at a jam and then people are calling you a biter for the move that they For did. the move you made up, they stole it. I mean, I mean, fuck those people who bid it, but also like have some respect for yourself by not like posting it because, you know. You gotta have you gotta hold something a little bit dear. Yeah. Pick and choose what you're gonna post because yeah. if it's unfinished, then you know, go back to the drawing board and finish it. Yeah, for sure. So uh the the next thing I wanted to ask you was like, what is the funniest thing you've ever seen in one of your classes? Mm, I don't know, funniest? I mean, there's a lot of funny moments. Like I work with third graders. Just because kids are like funny. They do funny stuff like, um, man, it's hard to say. I mean, a lot because it's it's cool because like a lot of these schools, I'm there the whole day, so I really get to know them. I'm like, uh, like I'll eat lunch with them and and all this stuff. And um, I remember like, uh, oh, it was some kid's birthday, and most of the kids I work with right now are all of Mexican descent, so. Um, Instead of, like, cupcakes, they brought conchas, which is, like, the it's a Mexican pastry with, oh, it's like, a bread yeah. with, like, uh, it has, like, some sugary stuff on top. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, like, I, I know what a concha is, but, like, this kid was, like, uh, oh, you want a concha for uh, my birthday? And then this kid, like, popped up out of nowhere. I was, like, oh, what's that? And this kid popped up out of nowhere, and he's, like, it's a concha, a Mexican pastry that's so delicious and fluffy and just melts in your mouth. <laughs> and I was just, like, where did this kid come from? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, like, you get a lot of spontaneous moments like that. Yeah, he was just, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, the spokesperson yeah, for the, conchas. Yeah, he was, like, putting on, a, like, an advertisement for him. <laughs> It'd be funny if he had a shirt that had some, like, you know, Jose's, like, bakery or something <laughs> yeah I, I, but yeah i get a lot of like moments like that where kids are just like just say f random funny things i know you posted this video that i saw that i thought was like the funniest crap ever where there was this kid i think you asked them like what are the four elements of hip-hop and like you know uh it's like oh mcs DJ breakdance and then the kids like oh F <laughs> and I knew that I, I like when I asked that, I knew that kid would say that too because like that kid like he uh, I think he, he must have like an older cousin or brother that that knows how to do air flares yeah so like like everything we learned he would like he would do random moves 
and he'd like say, "Oh, did you like my air flare?" <laughs> and I'm like, "You didn't. You just did a coffee grinder, man. Like, <laughs> it's not an air flare. Oh, it's an air flare. <laughs> it was like funny because like in the video." He like visually like actually looks like he's thinking because he goes, mm, air flare. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. he actually put some thought into this. <laughs> yeah, that kid. Was, and it wasn't just a joke. <laughs> that kid was all about air flares. <laughs> <laughs> Can he air flare yet? I don't think. No, he could actually do that, like the start of the air flare. Oh, okay. But then it would be like the start of the air flare. And then he'd be like, oh, that's it. He like thought that was an air flare. Oh, uh, so he's on his way then. There's yeah. so many little kids that can, like, do some crazy stuff now. No, yeah, in, like, Sacramento, in South Sac, like, you'd see, like, like li- like sixth graders that could almost do air flares. It's, like, yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I see some videos online sometimes of, like, these, I don't know, 10-year-olds or whatever, and they're, like, literally flying. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing one-handed air flares <laughs> and, like, uh, you know, I don't know, some stuff that, I don't know, back in, like, the early 2000s, you no one could do yeah now it's i don't know i i i look at it kind of like how in skateboarding when tony hawk did the nine the 900 uh yeah yeah. uh i forget what year that was but like it blew the scene up and everyone was like dude he just did a 900 it's like the craziest thing ever yeah and like nowadays if you watch little kids skateboarding there's like 10 year olds doing a 1080 which is an extra half turn. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, uh, these kids just like shitted on Tony Hawk. <laughs> yeah, especially like like uh, uh, if you look on YouTube, there's like some crazy like little kids doing like like create like legit combos. Yeah. That like like adults can't even do. Yeah, and I think it's probably because uh, their parents maybe were like hip hoppers or even yeah. b boys, b girls. And just got them into the scene really young, and they like, and they already knew what was up. So they're like, "Hey, now that you're three, we're gonna teach you how to air flare." Yeah, and now they're literally flying. Yeah, when you, I think just, they had the right mentor that yeah taught them some crazy stuff at the young age. Yeah, whereas like people from our generation, I don't think, uh, un- I mean, unless you were the son or daughter of like someone from I don't know Rocksteady Crew or whatever, right. but um. Most of us learned when we were like a teenager or whatever. Yeah, most of most people like just learn from like like people you meet or like yeah. or just like influences from uh, like your practices or a jam or something like that. Yeah. So I I see like the future where this is like a thing that um, you're gonna have like legit athletes like out there doing stuff and now and actually now that breaking is going into the olympics Mm -hmm. in 2024 i i think we're at a place where um, breaking is going to be um i don't know like we're in a transition period where we might see some some kind of crazy changes in it because it's now becoming like more mainstream and definitely everyone's getting ready for the olympics and um obviously the skill is there yeah. and like um what do you think about that whole thing with the olympics um i mean i think it's like it's like a scary point in like breaking history because we don't know like where it's gonna go we have a lot of pe- good people that are like like pushing it in the right direction but you never know it's like when um like when red bull bc1 came out that there was like some controversy people were like yo what is this yeah like, yeah 
we're we have a bunch of b-boys dancing to random music that some dj put on top of it like yeah yeah it was like so like i think it's like a it's a scary point like it could definitely i think it could definitely um be really positive and um go in a good direction but it's also like negatives where like people are like oh might uh everyone's gonna become like a crazy powerhead and people are gonna forget about top rocks and footwork mm -hmm. so I, it's definitely like a um it's a scary point because we don't it, as a culture like we don't know where it's gonna go yeah. so i think it's for me i think it's like like there's a ton of people online that are gonna talk and like have all these intimate conversations but i think there's only a handful of people that are going to actually like take action to like yeah push it in the right direction because it's going to happen like yeah. it's it's in the works it's going to happen yeah so it's i for me i think it's on us like yeah everybody as a dancer whether you just started or you've been dancing for 50 years whatever it is like it's on us to like steer it in the right direction yeah because essentially we are the culture like yeah, the no. second you step foot in a jam, you're a part of the culture. I look at it like, uh, yeah, it's it's going to go that way whether you like it or not, and so you need to do something about it. Which yeah. I guess, like in a way, it's kind of like when YouTube first came around. Like, it was going to happen that breaking was going to show up on YouTube. So it's like either you're going to be a part of the progression of it or not, and, right. and let it do whatever it's going to do. And so. Um, it's and you obviously like put on that was part of the reason you started doing classes online and stuff. Yeah. Um, but so like with the Olympics, I think I I personally think it's a really good idea for it to be in the Olympics just because yeah. it, it's gonna sh uh, it's gonna like show the culture to a lot more people. Um, I mean, I guess I I see people's concern where it's like, oh, it's gonna like take away from the art and whatever. Yeah. And like, I think that is a concern, but I think the best way to handle it is to go, okay, let's talk about how to make, how to preserve the art while yeah. doing this, because it's a good opportunity that you don't want to just look over and say, you know, F that we're not going to be a part of that. Yeah. Take the opportunity because it's, it, it gets the culture out to more people. And right. I think that's a good thing. So I think I, it's crazy to even think about. Cause like, if you think about like 20 years ago, like, Every like the biggest breaking competition happened at a rundown community center. Y yeah, like I think like uh, even freestyle session like it wasn't in like a glamorous like yeah. venue. It was just like a random place. It's on a dirty like hallway floor or whatever, yeah. and like you know. So like I mean, if you think about like how breaking competitions were twenty years ago to now, like wow, it's gonna be on the Olympic platform. Yeah, like it's like. Only, that was like a dream 20 years ago now it's like yeah. actually reality so it's kind of crazy like thinking that progression i personally <laughs> think that breaking like this is, it's a good opportunity but also it's come so quickly that yeah. the scene i don't think has had a chance to stop and think and be like oh we're not quite ready for this we need to get our act together luckily we have about four years to like figure it all out yeah. but like i think we all really need to take some sort of action to make sure that we are preserving the art that we all help build. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I, is I partially what this podcast is about. I think that's like what most people's concern is, is like protecting the culture. Yeah. Cause like, you know, the, for us, like this, this is like for some people and, or most dancers, this is everything to them. So like, yeah. this is not just like something you do on your weekends. It's like, this is your life. So once that gets like, you know, when there's like some type of platform or something that could damage that, 
yeah. that's why people are, are so passionate about it. So there's no question that people care about hip hop culture. It's just like steering it in the right direction. Yeah. I, I think, you know, pe- people who don't know anything about hip hop and breaking, they're going to see it on a big stage and then go, Oh, that's cool. I want to know more about it. And if the narrative from that point is being controlled by someone else, yeah, you're gonna you're basically putting it in their hands to like tell the story you want them to yeah. t- t- to be told. And so I think the better way to do it is like embrace um, embrace the Olympics. Let them in. Say, hey, we this is a culture that we love sharing stuff with. So please come in. We, we got a lot to show you. We got, there's a lot of history to catch you up on. And like, yeah. I hope, I hope that you find this as interesting as we do. Here it is. Here's all this, re, the resources, if you want to go into it. And this is like what we love and why we love doing it. And, yeah. and so I think embracing that and letting it go with it, you know, and then just having more and more people sharing their stories so that we shape hip hop and breaking the way we want it to. Yeah. Cause it, it's coming no matter what. So uh, we can't like run away from it. Yeah. So I think it's just about like just putting it like obviously putting it in the right hands, which is our hands, mm-hmm. but you know, making sure that uh, it's reflected in the right, the right light. For sure. For sure. Um, uh, so, uh, so the thing, the, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is like, what do you think about music today? You like for breaking or just in general? Uh, I think hip hop music. Like the thing that comes to mind is like mumble rap and stuff like that. Uh, I man, it's like it's funny because like just as dancers, like mo- when we were younger, most people got into breaking because they were into hip hop. Yeah, and then now it's like I don't know. It's like you see kids that are into breaking and they're into mumble rap, and it's like I don't like it, it's coming from like hip-hop perspective it's kind of it's weird because it's like mumble rap and breaking like yeah yeah like uh it it doesn't it's kind of like like if you were to say back in the day like oh yeah i got influenced to be a b-boy because i listened to cash money millionaires (laughs) shout out to cash money like i listened to warden and juvenile and now i'm a b-boy like it it, there was no like connection like of course i listened to cash money millionaires but that's not why i got into breaking yeah for sure i I think that they're like kind of different um uh entities a little bit i mean they're all under the umbrella of hip-hop but i feel like the umbrella of hip-hop is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and so you have this community of people that are breaking which are just like you know, one little piece of that. And now you got like nineties hip hop, you got now like mumble rap and you got other things. And I, I almost think that mumble rap, it had to happen because like overall, I think hip hop is like kind of a counterculture type of thing. Yeah. And so like, if you're doing it right, you want to do something different than everyone else. And so, yeah. like, I think when these rappers came in, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to do something different than what I've seen everyone else do. You know, and then they started mumbling, you know, and you can probably argue if that was a good idea or a bad idea or whatever, but, like, they were doing what hip-hoppers have always done, which is do something different than yeah. the people you're inspired by and push that along. So, like, I look at it as, like, you know that that is that really is hip hop, but it's uh, maybe something you don't necessarily resonate with. Yeah. Um, I, I personally have grown a lot of um, 
attraction for it because at first I heard it and I was like, eh, I don't know about this crap. And then the more and more I listened to it, I, the more and more I associated it with like mm-hmm. punk rock, how uh, punk rock is like kind of a counterculture. They would like scream, they do like, you know, yeah. bang their instruments and stuff. And like they wanted to do something different than the, the rock and roll before them, which was like ACDC and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And so they were just like, let's do the craziest stuff. Let's yell out some intangible stuff. Right. I feel like that's what these rappers did too. They're like, let's mumble some intang- in, uh, inaudible or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so then they made music out of that. I don't know. It, yeah, I think it's just like, it's like a different, it's definitely a different generation. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, it's just kind of, it's just interesting like, yeah. <laughs> to see the connection. I, I, I wonder if there is B-boys that were like, oh, I listened to Lil Pump. And now I'm a b-boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. It seems to me it's probably hard to break to Little Pump, but I don't know. I mean, you could probably do it. I mean, it's dance, so like you know, you could probably find a way to do it. I think it's because it's probably because like uh, back in the day, like you were influenced by like the simply just the music. Like you heard a new song, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go break. <clears throat> um, but now it's like you get your influences from all over, like YouTube, online, yeah. movies, like. It, there's so much more information out there that I guess people get their influences differently than, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Which I think is cool because, you know, uh, it's nice to see all these different influences <coughs> coming into the scene um, because now it's going to take everything in different directions and, and help it progress to something, you know, maybe somewhere that we never thought it would ever go. I mean, if you really think about it, um, you know, people like from Crazy Legs, or like the other rock steady guys, um, generations, they probably had no idea they were there was people that were gonna be like hopping on one hand, spinning around, doing oh, like yeah, some crazy yeah. power moves. They probably had no idea it was gonna go that direction. But then like, you know, that's the way it progressed and now you see that, that's like, you know, those are elements of, of breaking now. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's like <clears throat> if you it's crazy when you look at like like breaking from like 70s and 80s till now it's like each year like there's something new <laughs> there's something like uh people are taking to the next level and something that like was like crazy to think of now being like a basic yeah 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 definitely um so we've been going for a little bit over an hour um we should probably close the show out soon um but one thing i wanted to see is, to talk to you about was like some things that you uh are like interested in outside of like the hip hop world and breaking world. I know that you're like big into food culture and stuff. Um, um, like just interest, random interests. Yeah. Just random interests. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm really into definitely into like just food, like eating, uh, not just, not just like, a, like, uh, I guess it's another counterculture thing, but there's like this whole like foodie scene that's like, hella whack <laughs> and like uh like they all like if you if you ever if you guys look up or if you even type in hashtag foodie you'll see like all these people that go to the same places and like like go off all the hype so i'm very into like finding my own restaurants oh and, yeah yeah and finding stuff that's actually and i actually do try the stuff that people are hyped about and then i'll, I'll like find something that's better so um uh i through the years i've gotten really into just like trying different foods and discovering new foods and actually like yeah. i guess you could say being a true food lover yeah. versus like a food hyper 
Um, but then also at the same time, because of that, it got me into cooking. Oh, okay. So, like, for example, like, I, I really like Indian food. So mm. I got into, like, learn, like, learning how to cook Indian food and learning basics. I'm still learning, but it's, like, uh, I think my love for food got me into cooking and being able mm. to duplicate it and, um, and make it better. Yeah, food, food to me seems like, and cooking especially, seems like it's a very creative endeavor, too. So I imagine yeah. the creativity involved in, like, breaking and stuff kind of translates to cooking pretty well. Yeah, because I think also, like, process is so important. Just, yeah. like, process in breaking is important. Like, you could just throw all the ingredients into a pot. and Which is how like, I cook. Yeah, and it'll taste like crap. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> you could just throw all your, your breaking moves into a pot. And <laughs> it's going to look like crap. <laughs> but if you put, if you process it correctly, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it takes you on, like, a journey. Yeah, you get, you develop flavors that you didn't realize could be there. Yeah. So it's the same thing versus like, you know, you just do a bunch of moves. It could look, it could just look like your typical B-boy. But if you process it the right way, you develop the flavor and you become a flavorful B-boy or B-girl. Dope. And I think that's a good way to end the show. So yeah, cook your moves. Well, season it, use some salt. Yeah, don't bring no bland potato salad yeah. to the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, Lisa, come on. <laughs> Lisa and Ken. We don't need your raisins in our potato salad. <laughs> Come on, man. Put that mayo in it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so before we close the show, uh, is there any last minute shout outs or like plugs you want to you put uh, put out there? Shout out to Regent Coffee for yep. uh, funding this uh, coffee. Yeah, for funding this from coffee. my wallet. But also uh, use plastic straws, yo. And hopefully your avocado toast is good. I've never had avocado toast before, um, but we'll see if it's good. Get ask Karen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, where can people find you? Uh, you could Google search or uh, YouTube search Vinsana TV, or if you just type in how to break dance, how to b-boy or something like that, it'll pop up there. Or you can find me on Instagram at, at bboyvinsanity. Dope. Um, well, thank you for coming on the show. I think this has been a very good episode and it's been good talking to you. Um, let's do one little ow for the ending. Um, one, two, three. Ow! Outro. <laughs> Outro. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Peace. Peace.